be in First Kings, First Kings eighteen. I wanted to make sure to th- thank you all for having us, and um, it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing being here. Uh, you know, often I kind of wonder <laughs> what I'm doing, <laughs> what I'm up to, and um, I felt like this week that the uh, it seems like there's days that the or the weeks that the devil works overtime. And um, sometimes that's how you know you're on the right track, <laughs> is when, uh, and this week was one, probably one of those weeks, but uh, so uh, I knew that um, this was of the Lord, being here, and to preach for you all, and I, you have all been, uh, I, I love the spirit that's here, and uh it's uh, it's refreshing. I'm glad glad to be here, and I I think they're all glad to be here. I don't know. They just I just keep them fed and watered, and they just they're they're, they're, they're as long as I can afford to feed them and water them. There we're all we're all right. I did want to ask you, brother. Did you move this piano in with you all? Did you have a group that we hired it? You hired it. Man, you're so smart. Uh, I was just thinking about uh, we moved one a baby grand. Uh, with teenagers. I told you I work with teenage boys. And let me, okay, so the question is, how many teenage boys uh, with two adult men does it take to move a baby grand piano or destroy it? Well, actually, what it is is it takes two grown men to move the actual piano, and then you put all the teenage boys as far away from the piano as you can and then you just move the piano, and then you just pay the chiropractor when you're done. That's how you. That's how you move. But uh, <laughs> we moved a few over the years. And I, when you mentioned about the piano, and I, <laughs> that's where my mind goes is how they move that baby in there. Because don't get yourself any any teenage boys to help you. All right, this night, this evening, you should be First Kings eighteen, and. Um, like this, like this morning in Sunday school, I talked about, of course, uh, depression, and uh, you kind of. I, I imagine there's many of you that probably knew that we were going to end up with Elijah, uh, <laughs> Elijah before uh, before I leave. But and you're right. And tonight I'm going to be talking about uh, or preaching about breaking down. A breakdown, breaking down a breakdown. We see First Kings eighteen thirty-seven. We see a moment in time with Elijah, and this moment that was a hopeful. This was a uh, a moment that Elijah thought was going to be what he was waiting for, and that was the return of Israel to the Lord their God. And we read it, Hear my, me, O Lord, this is Elijah. This is the, the showdown, if you know your scriptures. And I'm, some of it I'm going to have to paraphrase just for time's sake here, if you know about the showdown between the prophets of Baal and Elijah. We see this moment here where Elijah says, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell. And so I'm not, I want you all to understand, and I kind of, I have to kind of 
this is my disclaimer, because with Elijah, since I haven't called fire down from heaven any time lately, I've blown up a few things, and I've, I singed my eyebrows the other day, but I've never, I haven't called any fire down from heaven that I am not wanting to take anything from Elijah or to, to, uh, to say anything against him, especially, but I do want us to look tonight that there was there were several there was instances that took place and we'll see with Elijah where this if we're breaking down a breakdown where we where Elijah there was some 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 very key moments I think if we're honest with ourselves is we're not we're <laughs> there's nobody in here better than Elijah I'll tell you tonight but we see here that he calls fire down from heaven and he, he had expectations. His expectations was that, the, that Israel would return to the Lord their God. And everything was going as planned. And then we see, if we see at chapter 19, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, 19 verse 1, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. Okay, so there were things that took place here in this uh, the, I guess Elijah's breakdown, where Elijah, when he was, we see him running from Jezebel. This guy just took on the prophets of Baal, and what a, a statement, or better yet, is a expectations disappointed. Well, if we're not careful, we can have expectations, and we get our expectations up, especially if you start hoping in people, you will become very disappointed very quickly. You hope, you wish that your kids would behave in church. Or you wish your kids just wouldn't do that thing. And guess what they'll do? The one thing that you just wish they wouldn't do. You guys know what I'm talking about. They're all looking at You guys can quit smiling anytime soon. They're like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> but Elijah had expectations. He, he thought things were going to go a certain way. We talked about this morning in Sunday school, how we start thinking a certain way. Surely now this is going to happen. And then when it didn't happen, we see him starting to make a pattern a pattern of wrong thinking, just like we talked about this morning in Sunday school, a pattern of wrong thinking. Because he started with the fire. I mean, calling fire down from heaven, but not too long from the fire, we see forgetting. We see fire, and then not, so, not too long, I mean, immediately, not too long, almost uh, within a day, we see forgetting all that that miracle, all that, that what God did, and all of a sudden when he sees that things aren't going to be the way he hoped for, he, he runs. He makes a run for it. 
All right. With that, he makes, starts making some decisions. And on a breaking down of a breakdown, and I've noticed in uh, both what I've experienced and also those that I have talked to, we see a pattern that's, that happens, and often that, that pattern starts with just forgetting. Forgetting. Forgetting the process, forgetting where God, that God's strength or where God was in the, in the hard time. And when God, when, the, when Elijah had nothing but his faith in God, we see him deciding and, and, and calling upon him and the fire falling and then forgetting. Just like that. Just like that. And, if it, and don't think Elijah is much different than the rest of us. He, uh, the Bible even talks about that, about him being a man of like passions and praying and it didn't even, wouldn't even rain because of, because of Elijah. The dangers of forgetting, the dangers of that forgetting from the fire to forgetting. But he himself, look here, he makes some decisions where he, first of all, we see, and, and we're going to see a glimpse of this pretty quick, because if you back up to uh, 1 Kings 18.22, he makes a statement, he makes a statement in 1 Kings 18.22, it says this, he said, then said Elijah unto the people, I even I only remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Okay, this showdown with the, Baals, with the prophets of Baal. But if you back up even further than that, when he met Obadiah in the beginning of this chapter, chapter 18, Obadiah himself said that he had hid, hid, hid prophets in a cave. Does that make Elijah, I, even I? Is he the only one left? He's not. Elijah thinks he's the only one left. And I'm telling you something, if you want to break, you want to break down a breakdown, or you want the start to a good old-fashioned breakdown, start thinking you're the only one. Start thinking you're the only one that has to deal with whatever that you have to deal with, and pretty soon you'll be on your, you will be on the road to a breakdown. You will think that you are the only one that's ever had to deal with, with, with certain things that you're facing. And, but Elijah said, I, even I only left. We're going to see that again here, that we go forward, we go back up to 1 Kings, back to 1 Kings chapter 19. I hate, I'm sorry to, back, to jump you around a little bit tonight, but we see a pattern of, first of all, thinking he's the only one that's, that's left. He had expectations, he thinks he's all by himself, and then what we see is a pattern of bad decisions forming from bad thinking, okay? It says, verse 3, we saw, we just read it, and when he saw that, of course, Jezebel threatening his life, and when he saw that, he rose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. That's very key. He left his servant there. Why is that key? Because he... People, when they, and well, it's just it's not people. Let's just do we. <laughs> we, in our decision making, when we think we're all by ourselves, and we're actually not all by ourselves, we'll actually make decisions to be by ourselves, 
and forsaking those are the very people that are there to help us. And we will forsake the, the, how many times have people started down a road and decide that, hey, church is a, yeah, I don't think church is a good idea. Yeah, okay, the one thing that's keeping you, drawing you closer to the Lord, hmm, I think I'll drop that. I think I'm going to alienate myself from the people of God. I'm going to alienate myself from the things of God. That's a great, we just talked about that over lunch. I had a, a, a lady in my church said she had come into a lot of money, and uh, I said, well, good for you, praise the Lord. And she thought, she told, tells me word for word that since they came into a lot of money, they feel like the best thing for them is to, to uh, not be attending church as much as they had been. Those are the moments where, I mean, grace has to take over. It's kind of like moving a piano with teenage boys. It's like, it's like the, the grace that says to them, guys, we're going to move this piano, and I'm going to be in the spirit the whole time by the time we're done. I can't keep that promise. I'm telling you, if I had to move that piano with, with a group of teenage boys, but the same, same kind of grace, the same grace to be able to look at a woman that says, I came into some money, I think church is a bad idea. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you think. That, you know, there's times where it's like madness doesn't always, it, it can be explained. It's like you can't always have that. that the, the truth is to get closer to God. But, the, but when we start breaking down. Well, it is. We start making bad decisions, making bad decisions after bad decisions, forgetting, forgetting that, hey, you know what? I'm struggling here. It's best. I'm going to leave this servant here. And then what does he say? He goes a day's journey. But he himself, verse 4, but he himself went a day's journey in the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. For himself that he might, for a request for himself that he might die, and said, "Here, listen to this. It is enough. It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my fathers." We see something there that an inadequacy. Elijah, I don't remember Elijah's dad ever calling fire down from heaven. I don't. I'm not too sure we we know who Elijah's dad really ever mentioned in Scripture. Maybe some of, you, some of you have noticed or seen. Maybe Bible scholars can, can share that with me. But I don't remember. But here we see step after step and start believing things that just ain't true. Be careful that you start buying into a lie that, he, that, that the lie of the devil that, that, that you're not better than your fathers, that you're not better than where you were. Think, folks, if, if you're anywhere, and, and those of you that grew up in a, in a, maybe an unsaved household, or you grew up around, uh, in, in a, in a tough situation, you're better. You're better off. We're better off with Jesus Christ. Where, you know, I, I think about where I am now with, with God versus where I was without Him. It's a no-brainer, folks. That's not, again, that, that's not even worth adding. That's not even worth thinking about. But we we see Elijah. He says, "I'm not better than my fathers." I, he says, he, "He he he's done. He wants to die." But we see verse five, and as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, there an angel touched him, 
and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals and a cruise of water uh, at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And again, and the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he rose and did eat, and what's he do? He went in that strength of that meat, 40 days and 40 nights, at the whore of the mouth of God. Okay, so this, this, these decisions, we see God trying to step in, where an angel even having to feed him. But how many times have we made decisions? And think about this, and, and this is sometimes... This is how my brain works, folks. I got working with teenagers have damaged everything, but this is how it works. Where, where that that we we don't even take the time to eat, or we don't eat even the way we ought to, and we wonder when we when we when we do stupid stuff, or we make bad decisions. Where did it come from? It came from a decision. It came from choices that we made. It came from a pattern of decisions that we made, and and. And we, we, uh, we look at ourselves or we're not able. That's why I, that's why I always recommend if you're not a, someone who journals, I know even for guys, I get it, I understand. But a lot of our scriptures we have is from somebody writing stuff down, the men of God writing stuff down. And we're, if we're able to put down and, and be able to be honest with ourselves, go back to being honest with ourselves, he, if if Elijah at any of these moments would have, could have stopped, breathe, realize what's really going on, what's really going on, and and, and God trying to, <laughs> isn't it interesting that through all of this, God didn't chew him out, didn't chew him out at all, didn't yell at him, scream at him. Stop being, what are you doing? You know, he, he did ask him what he was doing here. Eventually, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? But, but here he is feeding him. Folks, sometimes you just need fed. Sometimes you just need watered. Sometimes, sometimes you just need to spend time with God. And you just need to relax and trust God. For whatever that is, whatever it is that you're look, whatever that your struggles are, or whatever we're we're failing with, or we we think we're we're inadequate because we are inadequate, but but we can still trust in God. We can still trust in God. Elijah went from a fire from the fire to forgetting, and then we see the falling down. This falling down, and and, and we go all the way. If you know the story. He goes to the cave. There's God, God reaching out to him. We and I'm not going to get into so much of that because you've you've probably heard a sermon if you've been any time in church about the still small voice and all that that came from the time. But I want to tell you, it's still. If you read on, it wasn't enough. All that wasn't enough. The storm wasn't enough. The wind, the rocks ripped in half. Folks, rocks ripped in half. God trying to reach out to Elijah. And, 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 and folks, if you ever had a, 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 
let's just call it a breakdown, or you've had depression, or you've had a, where you've went through struggles, and we, I would assume that we've all had those, there's times where just people can't reach you. Right. And not even God can ring you up, and you won't answer. You're not picking up, and Elijah wasn't picking up. You know how I know he wasn't picking up? Because we read on, and God starts picking other guys to fill his spot. Okay, and I love this, this and I'm, I'm kind of going through the whole story because when it comes to Elisha, Elisha is picked to take Elijah's spot out of, and out of God's love. But my favorite thing is the interaction between Elijah and Elisha because we go through the whole cave, we go through the still small voice, he says, go anoint Elisha to be a prophet in your stead, Everything and none of this was actually judgment on Elijah. Okay, this wasn't judgment on Elijah. But we get to Elijah. Here's the interaction. Okay, uh, verse 19, 1919. Okay, this is my favorite part of the, my favorite part of the whole sermon. We see so he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. Okay. Folks, that 12 yoke is 24 ox. That, I don't know if any of you have farmed before. Have you ever handled 24 ox in front of you? I, I have, when I was at the, working at the ranch over in Stockton, we had, we had two Belgian horses that I uh, was able uh, to drive them in parades and stuff. And when we got those two Belgians... I had a guy, this cowboy from Wyoming that was working with us, and I didn't know a whole lot about everything with the ranch, and he kept telling me horror stories about what happens when the horses run away. And I was like, why is he telling me all these stories? These, these big old lazy, dumb horses, they're not going to go anywhere. Like, I was driving them until I had a runaway. And, drug, like, and almost, I ended up two miles down the road that I realized that animals are strong. Two Belgians are strong. I can't imagine 24, 24 oxen. I, I, he had to have been a. He had to have been a. Yeah. He had to have been a. He had to have been a dude, like to to like to handle twenty four. Handle twenty four. It's a, but there's an interesting thing about the pick of Elisha. <laughs> well, actually, let's go back to the interaction. He's he's we got 24 oxen. We got Elijah probably had arms on him like like a beast. But Elijah passed by and he cast his mantle upon him. Now, I, if you folks just reading scripture here, he walks by, he casts his mantle. That's what I just picture. I'm just going to just going to he casts. It's, a, it's reading scripture. He cast his mantle upon him. That's it. We don't see any words. Get take place there. Did you see any words there? No. He's still mad. He still he cast his mantle, and that mantle that that remember he thought he thought he was the only one left. I even I now he's with Elisha. Cast his mantle, and it says Elisha verse twenty, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. <laughs> Elijah's gone. He's like, you do it. You take that. You 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 figure this out. You figure out all this. And said, "Let me." This is Elisha's mindset. Elisha, let me. I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. 
<laughs> and here's what Elijah says. And he said unto them, go back again, for what have I done to thee? What's he saying? He says, God did this to you. God put you in this. God, it's, it's, your, it's yours. It's yours. What have I done to thee? And it says, but we see about Elisha is his priorities are right. His priorities are people. His priorities are people. If, if Elijah would have thought the whole, that if he would have got out of that I, even I, mindset, and if we get out of that I, even I mindset and start realizing that our testimony, that our, that our influence that we have around us, that just like you talked about, that, that the, just like you talked about in church, that we don't realize who's paying attention to what we're doing. We we don't realize that we have little little grandkids and little little not so much little children anymore, but we have we have those around us that we influence, and we have a perfect opportunity. We have a perfect opportunity to impact them and and not be so to so dis, destroyed over over missed opportunities. We 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 would be able to bounce back and realize that. Hey, we go back. That there's not. There was more prophets. There's more prophets to go the, to to reach. That hey, Israel says no. Guess what? There was many prophets ready. They were ready. They needed an Elijah. Okay, let's keep moving. He returned back. Verse twenty one. He took a yoke of oxen and slew them, and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto who, the people. He gave unto the people. Why? It was because his priorities were right. His priorities were right because he knew, <laughs> he knew that, hey, I, I'm done farming. I'm getting ready to go out in the ministry. But while, before I, before, while I'm going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give something unto the people. And they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah. And what did he do for Elijah? What's it say there? Ministered unto him. We see a, this brotherhood, and I wish I don't have time <laughs> to 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 go into this because but we see God giving Elijah Elisha for 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 this time for his breakdown for him to to so that he he can get that fire back and we find out guess what we we if you go all the way into second kings we find the we find Elijah with the fire of God again. We find him back with the fire because what happened was not only he had lost his fire, and then we see that he forgot, and then he fell down, but then we see him finding family, finding family, this interaction with Elisha, and, and, and we see that through that and through God's grace that Elijah still had the fire. God didn't say, oh, Oh, you broke down. Oh, yeah. You, you walked out. You took, remember your mantle? You were done with your mantle? Absolutely. You know what? You're out. You're completely out. That's not what God did. God's mercy, God's patient with all of us in our journey. And when we forget that he's patient, what happens is we start throwing mantles around. I'm done. I'm done. Were you done with what? Like, like God was done? He's not done. He's still not done. He's not done with his church. He's not with, done with us individually. He's still working. Amen. He's still working. You say, uh, I've heard so many, you know, preachers, I say, God's done with America. Really? 
Because, boy, I've grown, I've, gr- I've grown in the Lord <laughs> for me. It, 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 if, every week or so, God gets, gets something new. He's done. He's still working in my life. I, sometimes I wish, I'm trying to throw mantles. And he's trying to work with me. I'm still trying to get rid of it all. But God's still working, folks. We, we can't get in that mindset. We start throwing mantles around because, hey, he's done. He's done. He's surely done. Yeah, he's done. No, God's not done. And we see Elijah with the fire, which is also a beautiful, I love a beautiful story, but it's a good story, where the 50 soldiers show up. You know the story. If you know the story, they send 50 soldiers to go arrest Elijah, and they said, man of God, you're coming with us. He said, if I be a man of God, and the fire came down, three there, there was 50 burned up, second 50 burned up, and the third guy, the third guy said, all right, you go get him. I love this third guy, the third guy. The third guy's my favorite. Because everybody said, the second, the, okay, the first, the first soldier says, you're coming with us, Elijah. Second one, come down, and this time he says, quickly, and fire burns them all up. And the third group of 50 the, the, lead, the, the head of that 50 says, uh, Mr. Elijah, he imagine like 102 little burn spots all over the ground, little, you know, little, little black spots over Mr. Elijah, how you doing today? Hi, my name, my name, he shakes his hand, and you know what God says? You go with that guy. Come on in, you bet. Elijah still had the fire. He, there, there make no doubt about that. And not only did he still have the fire, what we see at the, and I'm, I'm kind of, for time's sake, I'm just kind of, I'm moving through it. But we see when it's time for the chariots of fire, the chariots of horses, the fire to, to pick up Elijah, we see, what we see, we see the school of the prophets. Remember, the ones that weren't around, that I even I, they're not around, guess where they are? They're right there. And guess who they go to? Hey, hey, Elisha, do you know that you're, that, you know, that Elijah's going up in the, he's like, yeah, I know. You know why they go to him? He's a man of the people. He's a man of the people. He has a connection with that school of prophets, but they they still go to Elisha. But the transition, and Elijah, Elijah says, I'm going, I'm going over here. Where's Elisha going? I'm going with you. Why? Because he's ministering. God gave a minister. Folks, God gives us ministers around us to help us through these, through these times. He gives us the word of God. He gives us those that are out there that to help us. And <laughs> Elisha goes with him. He says, I'm going with you. Going over here. And what's Elijah says? He says, come on. Come on, Elisha. Let's go. He says, he says I got something to ask of you. He says, I want a double portion of your spirit. Elijah's like, that's a tough thing. But if you see me go up, what's the, I'm just paraphrasing. If you see me go up, God will give it to you. What's he do? He sees him go up. And sure enough, double, he gets double the spirit, double the miracles, double everything. But, but all because he chooses the people. Chooses the people. He, he sees the priorities and that priorities to him and uh, we see a brother's goodbye. <laughs> and, and it's a beautiful moment. But I want to see one more thing, one more verse, and we're going all the way to Luke. 
Luke chapter 1. I'll close with this one. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And we're talking about John the Baptist, okay? Which is right here, but I want you to see something. And this is the angel of the Lord talking with Zacharias and Elizabeth about their child to be born, who is John, who's going to be John the Baptist, okay? <clears throat> it talks about here from verse, uh, let's see, verse 11, the angel appears unto Zacharias and, and Elizabeth, talks about many shall rejoice in his birth, uh, he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, at verse 16, and many of the children of Israel shall he turn, look at this, remember back, remember what this was all about back in the, in the first first verse and chapters we read was about turning the hearts where turning the hearts of Israel back to the Lord back to the Lord okay it says verse 16 and many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God who's that John the Baptist okay but look here and he verse 17 and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias anybody know who Elias was that Elias is the is, is it the Greek word for Elijah? He shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, Elijah, to what? To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Folks, Elijah got it figured out. He got it figured out. He got it figured out. And we see that the spirit and the power of Elijah is alive and well in the New Testament. We see, uh, remember the, uh, Jesus, Moses, Elijah on the mount, transfigured, right? And Peter's spouting off stuff about building a tabernacle for each one of them. You, say stu- you ever say stupid things? That right there is like... Okay, yeah, that sounds like a great idea, but that moment seemed like a great thing to say. But we see Elijah showing up here, Moses, Elijah, Jesus, all showing up here in the New Testament. But but you're telling me that a, a depressed, washed up prophet of God could be used like that? Afraid so. So, a washed up Iowa farm kid, ex-pastor, ex-boarding ex, uh, school, whatever I was, God can still use me? Afraid so. And God can use each and every one of us. He took Elijah he took Eli- through all of that, through all that, but the spirit, his spirit was the one they needed when it was time to turn hearts back. That's the spirit. You say, oh, but I, I did it. I, boy, I really, man, I really messed up that relationship. Did you now? That might just be the spirit. That spirit might be what God needs to fix that relationship, to fix that, that issue, or to go back and, and get that, those hearts, return that, get that heart back. 
we may be, that may be what God's doing in our lives, but we have to be willing, we have to be willing to turn back to him, back to God. The breakdown of a breakdown was everything, even, even through it all. There were so many times, I mean, look at, look at Jonah. It ended, it ended not good. There was a bad ending. There was no, there's no like great ending with Jonah, but yet still mentioned in the hall of faith, still mentioned. There's so many people still mention the hall of faith. Like, like God's ways are not our ways. Don't let's not be, let's not forget that <laughs> when we start thinking like the devil thinks, we'll, we'll, we'll never try. We'll never go back and try again. We think how God thinks. Yeah. Good breakdown. Okay, okay, cast a mantle, okay, just go back for more, come back for more. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe, maybe tonight you need to do some business with God. I'm going to turn this over uh, to, your, to your preacher, but I want to encourage you that to, to trust him, trust, the, trust what God's doing. Won't you do business with God right now?